Hello and welcome to CN's latest Creative Conversations podcast. I'm Anthony Myers. And in this episode, I chat with Tracy Hughes, Managing Director of Henley Bridge, one of the UK's largest distributors of chocolate products and high-end ingredients to chocolatiers, ice cream manufacturers, bakers and the food industry. Take a listen. So Tracy, tell us about your job, your, your company, or indeed your role. Well, um, my role actually changed last June. Um, we went through an acquisition, so HB Ingredients, formerly known, um, obviously now we're now Henley Bridge, was acquired by the HMS Group in June. And then in August, my role changed from being the Food Service um, National Account Manager to Managing Director. So for the last 14 months, it's been a baptism of fire in a new role as the managing director. Um, we've got 44 employees on site and in the field. Many of those are long-serving members of staff. Uh, we also, well, we are one of the leading ambient ingredient distributors in the UK. But outside of that, we do have um, worldwide brand leaders within our product portfolio. So you know, we do have many USPs and really good, strong brands behind us. And they really we supply into different sectors, and those sectors predominantly um, are food service, the wholesale market, ice cream parlors and manufacturers, chocolatiers, and then the bakery sector, which is more the artisan bakery sector. And we also have an online website um, which we've rebranded as well recently. And in addition to that, what we do provide to all of our customer bases, like strong technical and expert advice, and also training solutions on our products, mm-hmm. and also offering customers innovation for their products within the marketplace as well. So it's quite a diverse business, but um, you know, it gives us a lot of it gives us a lot of different angles to sort of target yeah. and con- like concentrate on. Yeah, I think I've come across you, your company before. It's HP Ingredients. That rings a bell now. Do you do you, do you work with uh, chocolate producers from Madagascar? Do you have any? Yeah, we do. So Chocolate Madagascar is one of our one of our brands. Yeah, That's so we're the sole. Right. Uh, yeah, we're the sole distributor for that brand in the UK. So yes. that's like a, a really beautiful premium. Have you tried any of it? I have. Yes, I know. Is yeah. it Neil? Uh, yeah, Neil. Yeah, that's right. Quite well. Yeah, Neil Cowell. Good guys, they always win lots of awards, don't they, for their fantastic chocolate. So yes, uh, yeah, that's where I heard about you. I didn't, I didn't twig uh, with the with the rebrand that you were, but yeah, HB, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, good. And you are you are mainly you're primarily trade wholesale B two B, are you? Is that you are? Yeah, we we are predominantly until COVID, and then that did slightly change for a period of time. Um, yeah. But yeah, we are trade B two B. Yeah, definitely. So that oh. that's our long-term strategy as well. Good. And how has the coronavirus pandemic kind of impacted on your business? What changes have you had to make? What changes have you seen? Um, how, and um, how, looking forward as well to the future, how 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 robust is the business? Would you say? Yeah, I mean, it did massively impact us initially. Um, we, the management team within Henley Bridge, actually met. The week before we were locked down in COVID and we could pretty much foresee what was going to happen. So we did sort of implement a plan, um, which already we'd already installed staff working from home. So we'd had measures put on site, but we predominantly knew how much it was going to affect our trade. So initially we lost 80% of business overnight. 
So as a result of that, what we did as a business, we even though we had a long-term strategy, we immediately reacted by bringing in through the group a range of proposition like on retail and products that were more home consumer-led like sugar, flour, yeast, because obviously consumers couldn't obtain those in the supermarket. So we actually started, you know, providing and delivering to the domestic market which is something that we never we never really predominantly done to a heavy degree mm. so it was it was very difficult and challenging because we went from delivering massive boxes and pallets to like small parcels and small boxes but it was extremely positive for the business because mm. it gave us productivity it lifted morale it did give us cash flow which really helped for a number of weeks until lockdown sort of yeah. generally started to release so it was a very different business for probably about eight to ten weeks. But it was, in hindsight, you know, one of the most innovative things that we actually did because it did really help us through that period of where the majority of our customers weren't trading. Yeah. Um, some of our larger manufacturers were trading, but obviously the food service sector, the wholesale sector that we did predominantly supply, which was, you know, a huge part of our business, mm. you know, was completely shut down. So that you know that did for us considerably help what what we didn't do in covid we didn't sit still so Mm. we looked at this long-term strategy of what we wanted to implement as a business and Mm. we we drove ahead with that so with the team that remained in place we continued to source new suppliers we continued our new product program like delivering new products and a new roadmap we looked at our marketing strategy, continued to discuss and agree our Christmas brochure for 2020. Wow. Then we rebranded, we rebranded ourselves and actually launched a new website all during COVID. Wow. So yeah, it's been um, it's been very interesting, but it was a period of time when it really made us because yeah. we'd sort of looked at our business model anyway, and we knew we wanted to make significant enhance enhancements like. Mm. It just gave us that time to really focus on elevating ourselves, if that makes sense. It does, good. And you're you're quite optimistic about the future, yeah. as optimistic as can be, I guess. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, every, I mean, some of this, you know, every day is a challenge, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've had, you know, we've, for the last two months, our sales have been extremely promising, mm. um, you know, but every day is a challenge. So... Currently, what we're doing is we're taking it day by day. You know, we're reacting when we need to. Obviously, with the local lockdowns coming in more and more, you know, we do envisage a dip, but it's making sure that we still continue to strive to make sure that we've got all of all of the right partners, suppliers, the right Mm. product range in place. So when when we do come out of this, you know, we're stronger than we've ever been, and you know, we we're very optimistic about our future, definitely. Good, good. And what what drew you to working in, well, I was going to say the confectionery industry, but you're not confectionery per se, are you? What, what, how did you get, how did you get into your, your role, your job? How did you join them? How did you get into this? Well, pre- well previously, I worked for Calabout in the UK for, right. eight, for eight years. So I sort of understood the chocolate category with, yeah. Like, yeah. In, in a lot of depth and had a lot of passion about the customers that I worked with at Calabout and then yeah. the previous owner of Henley Bridge approached me about 
a new role that he wanted to implement within the business, uh-huh. which was looking at the food service sector. And at the time, I, yes. I had no understanding of the wholesale market at all. But what he wanted to do was to take chocolate and high-end sweet ambient ingredients into a sector mm. within the business and to, like develop a range to a different dimension. So it was a huge challenge because I didn't understand that market at the place at that time, but also outside of that, the product range we had, you know, we had chocolate pastry, but we also had very high-end ingredients as well. So it was the challenge of something very new um, and taking it from literally a very small category in the business to it then becoming, like seven years later, you know, a huge part of the business. So it's been a successful journey for, for us as a business and and for the team, really, because we've got really creative products that do add value, not only to chefs, but, you know, to chocolatiers and ice cream producers and artisan makers. So, yeah, that was really what drew me in. <laughs> Good. And what do, you, what do you love most about your job? I think recently, as the last 12 months, it's been implementing the plans to elevate Henley Bridge to another level as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it has been challenging, but we have implemented and improved new systems. We've put three new systems in throughout the business, which, you know, we have had snagging issues, but we get, we're coming through those. Mm-hmm. We've rebranded our marketing and enhanced the marketing and, you know, elevated that to a completely different level, especially with launching a new website during COVID. Yeah. That's driven our business forward in many aspects through probably the most tra- difficult trading period that any of us could mm. could imagine. But I think every day with the current climate, it's a challenge, but it's for us at HB, we've got a very strong work team ethic. So we, we do work hard. We've been committed together getting through this, you know, and supporting, supporting the staff as well through, mm. you know, very difficult circumstances, just people that have never worked from home, being in that environment, struggling with caffeine sure. fever and just making sure that myself and the management team and, you know, that we're there to support them because it's been different on every level, really, for a lot of people, hasn't it? It has, yeah, good. Um, and what what frustrates you or what do you dislike, if there's anything to dislike in your in your job? What, what, um, is there any frustrations there, any niggles? I think really... A- Apart from the commute around the M25, <laughs> there's nothing like there's nothing I really dislike. However, probably since March, that's drastically improved. So, yeah. you know, with less traffic on the roads, it goes to show never say never. But you know, whatever you whatever you dislike and you think you could never change in life, like the M25, uh-huh. one day it possibly can improve, and it has. So, know. you know, I think yeah. It's so apart blessing. from that, yeah, there was. A, it is a blessing to, in 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 a are way. You, yeah, are you talking to me now from home remotely? Or are you in yes. the office today? Yeah. yeah, I'm working from home today. Yeah. So at the moment, because we're trying to reduce the numbers on site, mm. so we have like a management management motor, and then we take it in turns to be on site to support the staff that are there, and then yeah. we work remotely when we can as well. Uh huh. Okay. What's your biggest creative achievement so far? Would you say? What are you most proud of? I think this year. Given yeah. the circumstances we were under, <laughs> I, yeah, I sort of, um, the marketing team mm. had a vision for Christmas, 
and we wanted that to be as magical as possible because mm-hmm. Christmas is going to be extremely different on every element this year. So it would be our 2020 Magic of Christmas brochure. Um, we've probably gone over the last year from producing our first ever Christmas brochure, which was a pretty standard Christmas product guide, mm. to what's now like an amazing creative Christmas magazine. I don't know if you've seen it. No. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that you get a copy of it, yeah. Um, but basically what it does, it provides our whole customer base with like, you know, exciting recipes new product uh-huh. information tips and information trends like we've even you know talked about you know the takeaway options that the restaurant trades mm. have to revert to and delivering something for christmas to our customers that's not out there in the marketplace so i think you know we've all been extremely like proud of what we've achieved this year mm. and you know and, it, and we've received really positive really positive feedback from the industry and our customers so you know for us, that's been quite, you know, quite successful in such yeah. a difficult period. Yeah, good, good. Uh, where do you see yourself, or indeed the company, in in five years' time? Where would you like to be? Well, truthfully, just before lockdown, we had, you know, as a business, developed a five-year business strategy, which uh-huh. is still our vision and will be our vision. But uh-huh. you know, currently, it's really difficult to plan so far ahead. But every day is like a learning day, and we've had to adapt to some of these challenging times but also ensure mm. as a business we do what's relevant in the marketplace. Yeah. But without a doubt, our vision is to be the number one leading UK ingredient supplier for ambient, ambient ingredients. So mm. that's our strive. And we're still continuing to work on that every week, um, yeah. looking at all of our sectors and looking at new suppliers and new products and innovation that we can mm-hmm. bring into the portfolio. Good. And if there is one, describe a typical workday. I guess it's all changed now. If there, is one. <laughs> yes, if there is one. Yeah, you're right. There is no typical day at yeah. the moment. But other, really, other than ensuring that we stay really reactive to sort of like the unprecedented times that we're working within, and really adapt as necessary to ensure that we support our customer base, like, you know, and become the continuing distributor of choice for sourcing mm-hmm. and supplying high end ingredients. So, you know, we are a partnership with our customers. And we do work, you know, very hard with our leading brands to sort of ensure with the suppliers that we develop develop their MPD and develop sales and in particular looking at cost engineering and looking at you know what we can take to our customers really okay good and what do you do what do you enjoy doing outside of work well like yourself that's changed this year um, with COVID so um, unfortunately my elderly neighbour passed away last year so I've taken on his allotment, um, mm. which I did that in his memory, but I've totally immersed myself in growing my own mm. fruit and veg. Ah. So I found that completely rewarding and liberating and really good headspace as well. Yeah. Um, and probably other than that, like walking, I do quite a lot of mountain walking, swimming, and spending time with my 21-year-old twin daughters that have recently graduated and come back from university. Wow. Yeah, so most of my spare time now is covered in mud and reading allotment books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what are you picking up in 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 the confectionery world? Any any trends? Any next you know next big thing? In, how how's the business going? Would you say, particularly for confectionery, if you've seen any any indications? Yeah, with with confectionery in particular, I think mm. our belief is plant based ingredients is the way forward. Yes. 
you know, um, we definitely looked at veganism yeah. and right replacing butter and milk with, you know, like yes. almond rice and oat milk. That we think will definitely continue to rise. Also, free mm-hmm. from reduced sugar and like the health, more healthy, conscious confectionery, we think will lead the way. Yeah. And you know what we focused on is that consumers are looking for more like smaller luxury affordable treats. Uh-huh. But you know, definitely looking at on the go snacks. So you know, products that are individually wrapped, so there's like less risk of products being touched. Um, but it's difficult to know what's going to be big with COVID. But yeah. we do believe that these sort of core trends will be more prevalent, with cost playing a part of it, but not losing the quality element of confectionery products going forward. So I think, you know, for the confectionery trade, mm. you know, it's it's going to be an interesting period. It is indeed, yes. Good, thank you. Um, and are you an Apple or an Android kind of person? Well, I always used to be Android because before <laughs> coming into the in- ingredients industry, I worked in telecoms for 12 years. Oh, right. um, so my first Ericsson phone I thought was the best thing, but yeah. obviously now, yeah, yeah, Apple at the moment is the way that we've chose to go forward. Yeah. yeah but that's, but... Another, that's another market that's developed and change beyond recognition isn't it absolutely yeah yeah i'm struggling the two actually and well with Windows. are you um yeah i've got an old mac that i don't use i've got I'm working <laughs> on laptops windows for work and i've got an iphone so i'm just my iphone is up for kind of renewal uh, i'm just wondering which way to go really i don't know um my my son is uh is, is he is Apple? Hawaii. No, he's kind of. Hawaii. He's Android. Yeah, yeah, and uh, anyway. Yeah. I do know. I do know a lot of people that have switched back to Android yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not so is... tied in to Apple as I was, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite books? You get time to read or po- podcasts when you're on the M25, stuck in traffic for <laughs> an hour and a half. <laughs> me, I, truthfully, when I'm travelling in the car. Um, most of the time, on hands free calls, yeah. uh, catching up when you're not in the office because when you're in the office at the moment, you're pretty full on. But mm. because of my new hobby, I think, like, truthfully, I've got a, a huge passion at the moment for allotment books. And my favorite one at the moment is Allotment Month by Month by Alan Buckingham. Oh, right. So that's been like, that's been like my Bible because uh-huh. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So right. every, every week, I I'm in the book looking at, you know, what needs to come out of the ground when I should sow stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we did the same. We don't have an allotment, but we did dig out uh, like a vegetable patch, and we have a greenhouse. So. Yeah. So yeah, we did the same. We're straight. We built um, uh, raised beds and you know plants. Yeah, it's brilliant. Loads of stuff. It was so enjoyable and rewarding. And now we're still reaping the rewards. You know, this, we're still pulling out leeks and vegetables and things like that so it's good i know well, i been... totally under i totally underestimated it in the greenhouse so i think i literally grew enough tomatoes for the village <laughs> that's what we did the first year yeah, it was yeah. The, day of the triffids it was like oh. yeah <laughs> okay and where tracy where do you stand on social media can't live without it or is it an evil necessity Probably for me, it's an evil necessity. I never used to be a fan at all, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, however, I'm surrounded by it, especially with my daughters at home now again. Yeah. But however, at the beginning of COVID, you know, what it did do, it absolutely mobilised all of our staff within the business to help 
really drive like a social mm. the social media campaigns they did on their own personal platforms because we changed our business from B to B, you know, to consumers. It actually really did drive our business and sales forwards in such tricky times. So, you know, even though it's an evil necessity, I do think it's an extremely powerful tool as well, to be honest. Absolutely good. Um, Where do you sit? Are you uh, part of it? I'm addicted to it. I think it's through my job as well. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, obviously, there's something going off here. They find it annoying. Um, It's good. Yeah, Twitter, I enjoy. I'm not, never really got into Instagram as such. I can't still can't fathom it out. And I should really, I should. Uh, do more, and I should do more for the um, you know, with the company Instagram blog. Right? But but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm because I'm working at the computer, you know. Um, um, you know. Yeah, no, it's hard, isn't it? it, 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 it it's kind of natural to me. So so, but yeah, I I, I am trying to wean myself off off it, and uh, yeah. But yeah, it's good. It's it's it keeps me in touch. It keeps me informed with a lot of a lot of uh, diverse stuff that I wouldn't normally come across. So I, I quite quite yeah. enjoy it still. Yeah, I think during COVID, definitely yeah. like on Twitter and Instagram, yeah. it was very relevant of what yeah. was changing. You know how people were adapting their businesses. Um, mm. You know, and I think the people that really did drive change forward, you know, will reap the benefits of that as well. Good, good. Okay, and we're talking really confectionery here again, but and the question would be if you could change one thing in the confectionery industry, what would it be? But you're, you, you know, you you have a range of, you're not in, you're not the, you're not a manufacturer supplier as, as such, are you? So, oh, no, but, but have you seen anything that frustrates you, you know, regarding? I think living our values as a business, what we've ensured yeah. to try and do over the last. 12 months is completely moved to sustainable packaging mm. so i think like one of the challenges for the confectionery market probably you know and some some of the, the manufacturers have been absolutely phenomenal at this but it's mm. to ensure that you know that all packaging is recyclable and that, that the environment is at the top mm. of all businesses priorities mm. really and should be built into their long-term strategy Mm-hmm. Good. I, I guess you've worked with, worked with Barry Calibo, so uh, I can ask you this question. Actually, what's the biggest misconception about working in confectionery? Well, probably that we sit around eating chocolate all day, which, <laughs> which is far from the truth. Well. Yeah, no. yeah, which is far from the truth. But you know, during COVID, chocolate did provide that little bit of luxury it energy did. boost. Yeah, yeah. So you know, chocolate sales you know, was so high during COVID and yeah. will continue to be as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a good factor. And now it's kind of, there's this kind of dichotomy now, isn't there? Because it's, it's an indulgence, it's a luxury, it's a, it's a stress relief for many. And why shouldn't it be? But then, I guess with the with COVID, one of the factors is obesity and health. So it's getting that balance, isn't it, now for confectioners, you know, how they, you know, people become more aware of health conscious, but still like that little... Uh, indulgence but as you say with the new the new trends coming through we may start find uh, discovering healthy healthy confectionery if there is such a thing who knows I think people are more healthy you know yeah. more health conscious as well so I yeah. think there's a there's a lot of focus on that um, and especially you know with the younger generation coming through they're mm. 
they're, you know, their trends are very different to what's been in place. So, you know, I think there is, I think there will be a balance. It's just making sure, you know, that that we deliver that balance to the yeah. to the consumers really. With, and I think that's where plant-based ingredients will come in as well. Yes. Good. Okay, Tracy, time's up. Thank you very much for your time. It's been a, a lovely... No, that's okay. I hope that was useful. It was very much so. Okay, it was a wonderful